0: Good morning to you and your household whatsoever you are listening us to. Welcome to Reconciled 521 slash FBC Facebook platform, but also podcast. Uh, you are with me this morning, your host, Gideon and Penny, and it is such a blessing and a joy as we continue to discuss and to look about the, uh, uh, the the accounts of revival from the Word of God. Indeed, we need a revival in time when everything seems like it's dark, in times when there is hopelessness around us, in times when we are festing in the church with a number and a lot of false prophets. Have you found yourself in a place where you seem not to to be undecided, even when it comes to the matters of spirituality, when it comes to the matters of Christianity? Are you there and you have found yourself and you're wondering as to what is happening with these false prophets that we are seeing in the church today? Does God see them? Will God deal with them? Stick with me today. Even as we look into another account of revival in the Word of God. And we find ourselves as we are challenged this morning from the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. And we are going to see a remarkable story, and account of uh, Elijah the prophet. So stick with us even as we look into that topic today. Revival as we see it in the Word of God. When we speak about revival we, actually, we, we simply mean, uh, in the, it means any remarkable improvement in devotion to God by God's people. Uh, I mean, this would always happen in times when the people of the Lord were compromising, in times when people of the Lord were conforming themselves to the Word of God. But as you are going to see it in this passage we are going to examine, is that amidst compromise God's people, uh, called upon to confront sin instead of conforming to sin. God's people, and this is what you are going to see in the party, the Lord is going to raise a man or men or even a people that are going to rise up and to stand. There is going to be a remnant always. Yesterday, we looked at the story of Asa, the revivals in time of Asa, but we find ourselves in First Kings chapter 18, Uh, And this would be the northern kingdoms as it would in Israel in the reign of Ahab and Jezebel. The children of Israel were becoming conformed to idol worship. They, They were so indulging themselves to idol worship. And for over 50 years, the people had been departing from the old faith. And that's what you see. In, in, this, in this narrative. And it's, it's actually a contrast to what was happening in the southern kingdom. Because in the southern kingdoms where we saw yesterday that the Lord who raised men like Esau. And you are going to see tomorrow God who raised men. Esau's son like Jehoshaphat who are going to go forth with reforms and, and acts that were commendable in the sight of God. It was not the same in the northern kingdom. So I want you to see in this passage, even as you are going to see uh, later on, as these people were devoting themselves for over 50 years, Ba had become the state religion. Uh, ba was actually a fertility god. We, in our day and age, would call it, uh, the, this, this would be the health and wealth prosperity gospel kind of of, of of belief. They believed that this this god was able to give them he was the one who was in charge of their agricultural success, their produce to, 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 be, uh, to, to be many. They, they believed that this was uh, the God who assisted them. They believed that in order for them even to have children, sons and daughters, they would, they would worship this bar. And they would, even in, in homage to that, they would give some of their children over to uh, Moreh. The God was worshipped at this particular time. In 100 of them, the prophets of the Lord were hunted down at this particular time. Persecution was a rife. The prophets of God were hunted down and they were put to death. Does that sound familiar to some of the prosperous nations that we see around us? Uh, that are persecuting Christians. Does this sound familiar to some of the, uh, of the nations that seem to be so uh, progressive in their economic pursuits or they seem to be so economically developed? But when we look at their spiritual condition, it's so bad. And as such, at that particular time, in the time of, 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 of Elijah, the prophet, uh, the prophets were hunted down. One hundred of them were saved through the help of one man named Obadiah, as you see in the in the just in the chapter that comes before this. He was a friend. He was a man who was in the courts. He was working in the courts of the king. He hid them and in, the, in the cave and he supplied food to these prophets, and these prophets were were being sustained by the hand of God. God had kept a remnant for Himself, but what you see is. The people were contented with the state of things. People were happy with the status quo. And that's what you see in this time of Elijah. People were were, were just uh, content because they saw their prosperity. Uh, The country was prosperous. New towns were being built. Large palaces were being constructed. Public buildings and temples were being erected, but not to God Almighty, but to these idols. And the prestige of the nation among the surrounding people was so high. So this nation was was a, a great nation at this particular time. But in the midst of all this, however, one man was studying in the Bible. It was a small book compared with the one that we have today. This man is Elijah himself. In he found the words of God from Deuteronomy that states and stipulates that it shall come to pass in if you hearken diligently unto the Lord, speaking to God's people, and if you hear my commands, and if you listen to them, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in its due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your corn and your wine and your oil, and I will send grass in your fields for, the, for your cattle, and you, that you may eat and you may be full. So Elijah spends his time, and as he's reading the word of God, and God is urging them to say, Take heed to yourself that you, your heart be not deceived, and you turn aside and you serve other gods, and you worship them, and the Lord's wrath be kindled on you. Elijah spent his time, and as he, he heard these words from God's word in Deuteronomy 28, as, as Elijah would recount, as Elijah would hear these words, and he could see how his people had turned away from the Lord, Elijah then would be the right man. Under the influence of this Elijah, he prayed earnestly. You see it in chapter in chapter, chapter 17. He prayed earnestly, that it might not rain. It was an awful prayer, but... What you see is, Elijah actually would see the answer to his prayer. So that this, the purpose of this, why he wanted that God would do this, it was for the, for, so that the people would see that they were not worshipping the one true God. Although they had success in their land... Although they had a bumper harvest in some of the ways, although they had economic prosperity, although they had infrastructural development, although they seemed to be developing in every area of their lives. But one place where these people missed the plot was that they were missing when it came to their devotion to God. They were people who had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. There were men and women who were conforming to their world instead of confronting the sin in their world. There were men who had an increasing increasing desire for external manifestations and external blessings of God, but they missed out on the spiritual internal blessings which only God is able to do. And to take the center stage, you'll be the king, and this will be King Ahab. All this is happening under his watch. All this is happening under his watch, so much so that uh, Ahab would, would be so cruel, him and his wife, that they would kill prophets of God they would glory in the false prophets. They would protect and give honor and they would uh, obey the words of the false prophets. But Elijah would come and he would pray in such a manner and he would come to them and these people were actually indifferent to this imperative that Elijah would come and he would ask them to return to him. They were utterly indifferent to the claims of God. And they will not give them. They will not. They will not even give a moment of thought to for them just to even consider for them just to even ponder upon. They were so obsessed by their material blessings that they missed the very essence as to who is the source of everything that they had. God's people at this particular time had turned away from the God who had redeemed and protected and preserved them. So then what do you have? It was imperative that they should find the way of transgressors to be hard. That's what the Lord had to do. And so Elijah prayed that the word, God's word might be fulfilled for three years. No rain. When he was sure that what what the Lord had said would come to pass, he publicly announced the course of events. In the courts of the kings, he declared as the Lord God. In chapter 17, you see that. As the Lord God lives before whom I stand, there shall not be no rain for these three years. Look at chapter 17. Elijah has to declare that. He has to declare that. In verse 1 of chapter 17, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither do nor reign these years except by my word. And then under the command from God, he retired from public life and he went into their hiding. And for three and a half years, the word of God was not Present among us people. The word of God was not preached at all. There was famine of the word, there was famine of the la- of, of, of food, and there was also another famine. Uh, and the logic of events was, was to make its to make its appeal to the people. A drought settled upon the country, the land gradually dried up. The skies for months after months remained pitless blue, the, the crops felled, the cattle and the sheep pined away, and the people sickened and they died. And to make matters worse, the king Ahab had the country cold, And the country was in this moment of hunger, and they were there starving themselves to death. And the price was upon Elijah's head. Because the king had to find a scapegoat. The king had to to find somebody uh, that he would would shift the blame to. Not himself, but the king then would say, it's because of Elijah the prophet that the country is in the state it is in. It's because of that man. It is because of that one who is there. But you see, uh, the judgment was doing its work. And what you have is a, a price was upon the head of Elijah But though they wanted to kill Elijah But they could not find Elijah Elijah was sustained and preserved by God God sustained him through all that time The Lord provided for him Praise God Although their land could not give its food But the source was still a and present God offered different means to sustain his prophet Elijah And what do we have? We have then, as you see, the story transpires. We come to the climax. Under the direction of Elijah, then Ahab was directed. They are directed and they are directed to come. Elijah called the people near him, and the order of the Lord, which was broken down, was repaired. The sacrifice was made ready, the wood and the, uh, the wood was saturated with water over the the, the the whole water was poured three times and the trenches surrounding was filled. And Elijah prayed to the Lord. But I want you to see something that I want us to ponder on today, and this is a statement that I really would want us to focus on. Before Elijah would do this, Elijah did not conform to the sin of the day. Elijah was not a man who was timid. Elijah was not a man who was a coward. Although he displayed and demonstrated some cowardice later on. But I want you to see here that Elijah came and he challenged the people. What does he challenge them? Look at uh, that chapter 18 of Second Kings verse 12. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long? Will you be limp, will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Ba is God, then follow him. And the people did not answer the word. Elijah is calling the people to change. Elijah is calling the people to make a drastic change to repent of their ways and church of Jesus Christ. It is here that our Lord would want us to speak. Because if we are a nation and if we are a people that are following after false prophets, if we are a nation of people that are following after uh, the, the, the false teachings of these false prophets, we need to come to a place where we must make a decision. There is a need for us to change if we want to see revival in our lives. There is a need; it is imperative for us to change. We must change. I know that yes, change is very difficult to do. So Jeremiah 20, 12 Jeremiah 13:23 tells us: "Can the Ethiopian change his skin, or a leopard his spot? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to do evil." I know that. I know yes. Romans 3 verse 10 tells us that there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands and there is no one who seeks after God. Yes, there are some things that we, can, we cannot change, but there are some things that we can change. We can change our attitudes. We can change our actions. We can change the, the, the learned behavior and the cultural tendencies that we have been taught. We can change and break away from, from family characteristics, those that are stubborn uh, characteristics, and those, that, those, those arrogant, uh, alcoholic, and any indulgence that we have been taught, and it seems and it looks as though that, that's cool and that's normal. We must change. Let's stop limping between two opinions. Yes, there are those things, some things that we cannot change. I admit that. We cannot change other people. Yes, I admit that. We cannot change the past. Yes, the past is gone. The effects of the past might remain in our lives but they can be removed through such things as forgiveness, restitution and reconciliation. And that's why we are here. Yes, we, can, we, can, we cannot change our generic and inheritance characteristics. But we must focus on what we have power and God can change in our lives. All such change comes from a genuine heart of repentance. So our true repentance, because all true repentance leads to change. If if, if it does not lead to change, it is not true repentance, but worldly sorrow. It's just regret and self-pity. And change, brothers and sisters, because we have a God who is is almighty. And as you are going to see here, we have a God who stands with us even when the world is in opposition to us. Change is possible. And change needs, we need drastic measures in order for us to see God working and moving among us. Change is possible for anyone with the help of God. In Proverbs 12, verse 26, we are told, wicked people can change. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with burial. You see, brothers and sisters, change is imperative if we are to see God at work among us. And Elijah had to challenge the status quo. Elijah had to confront the sin of the day. Elijah had to call people to order and he had to confront them. Look at how he says, how long will you be limping between two different opinions? How long? How long are we going to have one foot in the church, one foot in the, in the, in the, in the, in the world? How long are we going to have one, one foot in the worldly philosophies and one foot in the word of God? How long are we going to, uh, to, to have one foot in the Sangomas court and one foot in the church of Jesus Christ? How long are we going to limp between two opinions? And some of you are there and you are listening. How long are you going to limp between whether you ought to repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in this time? How long are you going to limp between two opinions? If God is God, serve Him. Because I'm very much aware that in the church today, we have people who wants to have one foot in the world, one foot in the church. People who are so self-centered as we see in Second Timothy chapter 3, because we are told that in the last days, in the last days, people will be lovers of self, lovers of pleasure, lovers of money. He, he tells us how people are going to, to, to view themselves. they, they are going to, to, to have a form of godliness, but to live they are not going to live accordingly. In Second Timothy chapter three verse five, Paul tells us that, that we must turn away from such people. People in the last days in the church, we have people in the the church today who are hypocritical and unrepentant. These will be Christian people. Matthew 18, verse 15 to 17 will show us that. They refuse to hear God's word. They refuse to obey the word of God. But you see, the Bible is telling us, even in the book of Matthew chapter 18, those who not even want to listen to what the word of God says. Jesus Christ will tell us, but if he refuses to hear you, let him be to you like a heathen. But we are commanded, brothers and sisters, but we command you, brethren, in the same way of the Lord Jesus, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the traditions which he received from us. So there are those who actually undermine the word of God deliberately. Those who are there and they actually would want to tangle with the world. They want to flirt with the world. They want to, 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 to mix the world and they want to have God as well as a charm in their lives. To such men, they ought to listen to what Elijah is saying. Because what Elijah is calling us to, brothers and sisters, he's calling us to a life that is single-minded. There must be a single-hearted devotion to God, an exclusive devotion to the Lord Almighty. That's what Elijah is calling us. There has to be that that, that heart that is sold out for God and for God alone. Unlike those men who are covetous those who are desirous uh, of of sins of the world, those who are greedy, unlike men who are drunkards that they are habitually drinking to excess, unlike men who are into extortion, uh, obtaining gain by dishonest means, unlike men who want to be Christian but yet at the same time they are fornicators, they are involving themselves in illicit sexual relationships, Unlike men who are once to be Christians, but at the same time, they are seem to have a hardness of heart. They're refusing to reconcile an offense with a brother. Or they're refusing even to accept and to receive the gospel. You see, we need repentance. And that repentance is what Elijah here is calling for in these in people. Elijah believed in the living God. As the Lord God of Israel lives, you see, that's that's a God we're coming to. We are not coming to a dead God. Elijah here is a man just like us. Elijah believed in the word of God. He had no doubts about its truth. What God had said would come to pass according to Deuteronomy. Elijah believed in God's word. And I want you to know this. It is good for us to realize this, that what what the Bible says in the book of James is so pertinent and so good for us. That Elijah was not a powerful man of God. Yes, I've just said that. Neither was the prayer of Elijah that which was powerful. That after he prayed, that, that that's when fire came from heaven. No, it was not because of the powerful prayer of Elijah. It was because of the God to whom Elijah prayed to. It was not in the magnitude of the words that Elijah had to pray. No. He spoke to a living God who was faithful to his promises and to his word. And as such, Elijah received the answer to his prayer. Elijah demonstrated faith in God. And this faith governed Elijah's life. It gave him the courage to face Ahab and to tell him the truth. Elijah had so much faith in God that it enabled him to preach judgment to a people who did not believe in such a thing. And to whom such a doctrine was repugnant. It was was anathema. It was something they never wanted to hear. They only wanted to hear what their each ears would want to hear. Elijah, brothers and sisters, he believed in the mercy of God to an unthinking, rebellious nation. And God was more anxious to give rain than to withhold it. That's what I want you to see and to know. So what you have here, Elijah's faith infused him. It was his faith in God. It was not just himself. He was a man of our life passions. The people needed it. The people needed the mercy of God. He desired that they should understand and receive it. So he had to pray. Brothers and sisters, prayer, hard work, earnestness, clear teaching, strong, loving, desiring, and desire. We are born of such convictions. He could not help but to preach to such a people. Such truths as he heard with such intensity could not be bottled up. They must find expression. And so he comes and he preaches to these people. And as such, then the Lord God Almighty, men could not help feeling its power. It swayed the people, and though in some quarters it did not convince them, it triumphed. It bore down the, the the opposition of unbelief, and it was found to be and uh, it, it was found to be uh, that which the people needed. They needed to see the proof that there's a God in heaven who answers, and He answers by fire, His face, and not the unbelief of Ahab ruled the people, and that's what we need. Such a face, Fed by the word of God, fostered in hours of retirement is possible to us and will make us instruments of revival to the people among us whom we dwell so then we need that we need, we, need, we need that kind of mindset as such then we need then to come to a place where we desire to see true revive how are we going to know that people have truly repented Think of how this disposition assists in this process as we, we desire to see, as we want to see revive A people, a people who have been truly repented, a people who have come to a place of true conviction. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 7 verse 9 to 11 tells us, they will have a godly sorrow for sin. They will hate pride. And selfishness. Job 42, verse 5 and 6 tells us that. They will have a godly hatred for sin. Ezekiel 36, verse 31 to 33 tells us that. A people who have truly repented, they will confess their sins when they are confronted with them. 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of every unrighteousness. Such a people they would desire to turn away from and they will forsake their sinful behavior. Proverbs 28 verse 13 tells us that. They will desire to put on the new man as we, are seen, as we are told in Ephesians 4 22. They will put off the old self and put on the new man. They will make restitution for damage that they have done as we see with Zacchaeus in Luke 19 verse 8 to 19. So then when we are confronted with the word of God and we come to a place where we understand that we cannot talk about revival if we do not fully and wholly return to the Lord our God. How long? How long will you go limping between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. So may the Lord help us today, even as we think about this and as you consider this, maybe you're there and you're wondering to say, How does this how how can I how can this be a reality in my life? You and I, as we look and as we talk about this in this New Testament, in this next one minute, I just want you to know this. The work of Jesus Christ on the cross makes a major transformation possible. Christ was abandoned so that you would never be alone. He was crushed and he was wounded for your transgressions. He was made sin so that you may become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ... He was punished so that you could receive mercy. He was the one who died so that you can experience eternal life. Jesus once became a curse that you could be free from the curse that comes because you have disobeyed the law of God. He was taken captive so that you may be free from the bondage of sin. He was freely charged so that you could not be charged. He was stripped naked so that you could be clothed with royal robes of his righteousness. It is seen that I call you today. And I want you to know he was condemned so that you could no longer experience condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, If any man then is in Christ Jesus, all the old things have passed away. Look the new things. Have come. All this is from God. Therefore, it is today that I call you and I invite you that we come and as we see and we behold this fifth account, biblical account of revival, even in the time of Elijah. One question that must we must ask ourselves: How long will you be limping between two opinions? If God is the Lord. Follow him. May we follow him today. May the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth. As we hear in the word, the Bible tells us that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. May the Lord order your steps today. And see you again tomorrow. As we look at another account, a biblical account of revival. You were with me, your brother in Christ, Gideon and Penny. But if you are there and you do not know this Jesus Christ, as your lord and savior may i urge you today to stand before the lord humble yourself before him and confess your sin for the bible says in john in john chapter 3 verse 36 that to those who do not believe in him the wrath of god remains upon them still but to all who believed in him to them god give them eternal life May you today come and receive the free gift of eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the word of God also says, but if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you will be saved. God bless you richly. Thank you so much for today. You are with me, your host, Gideon and Penny, and may the Lord be with you. Until next time, see you.